and welcome to Epic Fails, Finding Redemption in Our Stories. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this show, you'll hear people from all walks of life sharing powerful stories of transformation. My hope is that as you hear stories of redemption, you'll find redemption in your own. Now, I just want to take a brief moment and remind you that you can now pick up a copy of my book, Untouchable, Unraveling the Myth That You Are Too Faithful to Fall. Everywhere books are sold. If you like hearing redemption stories on this podcast, then you will definitely enjoy this read. It's filled with God's redemptive love no matter who you are or where you come from. And in all honesty, I believe this is a book every believer should read because it sets us up to guard against temptation because we can all go there. Now, let's get to the story. It's a good one. Today we have on the show Vernique Parker. Vernique is a blogger, flawed but creative. She uses her writing to provide others with hope and encouragement, to know that they can trust God completely to get them through any challenge they face in life. After coming through the foster care and adoption system with wounds from physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, Vernique's life was far from perfect. Through her journey, she has discovered how God has never left her and believes that he loves her and has a purpose for her. She fights to share her story in order to show others that it is never too late and that no matter what one goes through in life, God is always walking through it with them, even if it does not feel like he is there. Let's meet Vernique and dive right in. Vernique, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Um, I've been really excited for this episode for many months. Uh, how you and I actually met was through you sharing your story during a baptism weekend at Red Rocks Church a couple of months ago. And I remember sitting there behind the camera interviewing you and your story was just so powerful. I remember sitting there thinking, man, God is going to use this story this weekend and beyond. And I just knew that I had to have you on the show. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Vernique, let's, let's go ahead and start at the beginning. How about you give us a glimpse into your childhood? <laughs> into my childhood. Okay. It's um, a big question. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it is, but that's okay. Well, it started off with uh, my father's passing. He was uh, murdered in 1982. So as a result of his death, I was placed in the foster care system. So during the ages uh, from one to four, I was just kind of going around through various homes, spending time in different houses with different families. So there was a lot of different dynamics going on. But during that time, I was molested and abused and just so many other factors were just a part of that time frame in my life. But at the age of four, I was adopted and uh, that was just kind of how the rest of my life went is just in that home. And uh, the family was so amazing to adopt me and give me a place to just grow and learn about myself and really just become who God has created me to be. Sure. Can I ask you a question? Um, now, when you were in Absolutely. the foster system, you were just so young. And I'm curious, did you understand your, you know, one to four year old brain understand why you're in foster, why you were being, you know, moved from home to home? Did you understand what was going on? Like, how did you process all of that? 
I was so young, so I, I was one, so I didn't really have a lot of time to mentally grasp the differences that were going to, well, the changes that were going to be happening in my life. But I knew as time went on, because I was still in the foster care system with two of my older sisters, I knew what was happening and um, how our lives were going. But it, it was really just, you know, our social worker would take us from one home to the next. And if things wouldn't work out there, she would take us to the next home. So I was just kind of used to moving from home to home, hoping, you know, somebody would pick us. So I, I never really had time to really understand what was going on because I never really had time to live. I just moved from one house to another, from one family dynamic to another, and, and just learned survival skills through that mm. process. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so you're four and you finally settle into a consistent home. How was that like going back to that, do you remember how that transition was for you just emotionally and mentally? Yeah, emotionally, um, it was challenging for me. I think because I was forced into a home that was going to be forever for me and I didn't have a choice in it. I hmm. didn't have a decision. I didn't get to um, pick the path that I wanted. It was really picked for me. So I grew up just really confused, um, really alone and really feeling helpless. And I don't know where my instincts, instincts kicked in, but I never felt loved in that home. I never felt valued. I never felt appreciated. And I really never felt like it was a permanent home for me, even though by law it was permanent for me mm. and my heart. I just felt like God always had a bigger plan. So I just really did my best to adjust into my new lifestyle and adjust into my new home and adjust into my new family and really just do my best to grow from a, a really, really tragic and unfortunate situation. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now you talk about the home feeling unloved and unappreciated. Um, was it a home that was a nurturing environment? Um, was it because you brought, you know, the baggage from your past? Can you maybe tell us a little bit more why you felt so unsettled and maybe what that family life was like for you growing up? Yes. Um, my dad was a workaholic. He, he worked uh, for the city of San Bernardino. So he um, worked out on the streets where he painted the lines um, to divide the highways and things like that. So I never really had a present father. And when he was home, I felt like he really just kind of followed whatever my mother's lead was. And my mom was just very abusive physically, verbally, emotionally. Um, you know, she said some really horrible things to me. And um, it was challenging to know that God had so much more planned for me, but yet uh, the life that I was living told me something completely different. So it was hard because I was so strong-willed. I was always, a, I always grew up confident and my mother just would shame me and put me down. And it was hard to 
know the fire that I had inside, but yet every day it just flickered out and flickered out and flickered mm. out. And I didn't know how to, uh, how to love her and how to appreciate her when she didn't love and appreciate me. So mm. I, um, just did my best to, uh, survive those years until I turned 18 and I was able to, mm -hmm. uh, move out on my own. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, growing up at home, you talked about just feeling alone and feeling like your worth wasn't being noticed. Um, how did you internalize that? What were the, maybe some of the specific thoughts you had about yourself during that season? Well, at the age of 11, I uh, attempted suicide for the first time by uh, overdosing on Tylenol, and I tried it uh, various other times after that. And even after that process, my mom would just be mad at me and blame me for how her life was going, and she wouldn't really try to dig deep into what was going on with me, what I was struggling with, what I was battling with. So I just continue to try to hurt myself and end my life. And I would just get mm -hmm. so mad at God and be like, why am I still here? Why are you not letting me die? But I feel and I know now that he had a plan for my life, but I continue to become rebellious. I was uh, sneaking out of the house. I was hanging out with the wrong crowds. I was starting drugs, which was marijuana. I became promiscuous. I was having sex outside of marriage. I was really just looking for love in all, all the wrong places because mm -hmm. I didn't know where else to find it. But through my own actions, I was going to find mm -hmm. the love that I deserved, whether it hurt me or whether it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that is... So, you know, maybe someone's listening and <clears throat> they may not understand the exact circumstances, but they can understand that feeling, right? I think for any of us who turn to the world for the answers to our aches, we do that because um, we are looking for validation or love, you know, in all the wrong places. And um, so for the listener, maybe who's listening right now and saying, you know what, I'm... Um, I'm looking for answers and love and validation in all the wrong places. I hope that they'll, um, yeah, really tune into your story and, and, um, God will speak to them today. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what happened after you left the home, the trajectory your life took at after 18. Yeah, absolutely. So after 18, I, um, I actually had ran away from home the day before I turned 18 and I lived with a few friends and then eventually I moved in with relatives after I graduated from high school. And through that process, my life completely changed in the worst way I thought possible. I ended up being sexually abused by my cousin who really just took advantage of a horrible situation that I was in where I really didn't have a permanent home. I was living um, in different homes with one friend to another. My life was just all over the place. And I felt like he really took advantage of that. And I was mm -hmm. just getting over the passing of my best friend, David, who I had known for 13 years. So I was completely broken. I was lost. 
my mother and my aunt were not getting along. It was just such a horrible circumstance. And I didn't know how to tell him to stop because I was so afraid. And I thought, who's going to believe me? You know, his mom's not going to believe me. And if she does find out what's going on, where am I going to go? I have no home to go to. I have Mm -hmm. no job. I had no outlet. So Mm -hmm. I just allowed that situation to continue on until God finally gave me an out and I was able to get out of that situation. So even though he didn't stop the circumstance, he brought me through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. You felt so you felt trapped for for that season and didn't feel like you really had anywhere to turn. Exactly. Mm. So what happened when you were able to find a way out of that situation? Well, thankfully, I had uh, just met my by well, she's my half sister. I just met her when I was 21 years old. Uh, she unfortunately wasn't placed up for adoption with my uh, middle sister and myself. So I kind of went through my life without her until the age of 21. So when I met her, she was also going through this transition and ended up moving to Arizona. So I took that opportunity to just kind of pack up my bags and move to Arizona with her. And that was when I, my journey really started when I became independent and learned how to hold a job, pay bills, live on my own. So it was, it was definitely a huge change coming from my background, but it mm-hmm. was a huge change coming into God's future for me. Sure. Were you finding maybe some of the answers or the hope that you were looking for in that season? Maybe talk about um, how your life was changing. Well, my life was changing through that season and really just learning how to live. I constantly was living for others. I was always at the hands of others. I was always doing what others wanted me to do. I never really had a voice to say, no, this is what I want. No, this is what I choose. So I finally had a voice. And so I was finally able to use it and and say, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is what I need. And really coming to the Lord with my desires and and trusting him for the first time, Mm. really, because I've come from so much pain. And I really thought that was all at the hands of the Lord, but it wasn't. So I was able to learn about him on my own through my free will and, and really just make mistakes, uh, get in, in relationships that I really shouldn't have been in, really just learning about myself so I could become who God has called me to be, but really learn who I was, who was Vernique, what is Vernique about, what, what is she passionate about, what does she desire? really just learning my free will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you say that you truly found God in that season and um, really came to that relationship with him during that time? Was that the turning point for you? You know, honestly, I feel like when I first moved to Arizona, I, I was lost because for the first time I was in another state. I had no family whatsoever other than my sister. So my life was in complete shambles and it was just confusing. So I didn't really know 
where my life falled in line with the Lord, but I was trusting him. I was trusting that he was going to grab my life and turn it around and just face it towards his kingdom and his glory. But unfortunately, because of my background and not really knowing my worth and value, I got involved in an eight-year abusive relationship that was really toxic for me, but I didn't know any other way to live. I didn't know mm -hmm. what love was, what abuse was when it came to that is not okay. This is not okay. I thought that was the love that I deserved. So I allowed mm -hmm. him to manipulate me, to mistreat me, to really just be broken, even though we were really broken together. So God really moved in that area because I got to see a part of me that grew out of me that I didn't know, which was abusive because I, I was abusive to him physically and emotionally because I didn't know how to be heard. I, I didn't know how to get somebody's attention other than being that person because I felt like that was the only way I was going to be heard and listened to and respected. And so when I saw that in myself, I didn't like who I was becoming in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was thankful that he had ended it. But then I found myself um, being with a married man who was separated from his wife, I found myself hanging out with the wrong friends to the point where I, I got myself sold into prostitution through my own situations, through my own problems, through my own struggles, through my own mistakes. And mm -hmm. so really after that point in time, when I got free from prostitution was really when my life turned around because I did not want to go back to that place. I didn't want to go back to that abusive relationship. There was so much shifting going on to the point where I didn't have any other outlet but to turn myself over to the Lord and say, I give up. I don't know what else to do. I'm stuck. I'm lost. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I, I need your, your glory and your mercy. I'm, I'm at your feet. I'm, I don't know what else to do. So it really just mm -hmm. came to a place of full surrender when my life changed. And I believe that was in uh, 2011 when I got connected into a church through a friend. Sure. You know, you talk about just kind of repeating a lot of the same patterns and just believing that that was all that you deserved. During that, <clears throat> those years of struggle, did you believe that one, you were worthy of more and two, did you believe that it was possible? You know, I felt in my heart and I knew with everything that I had in me that I was worthy of more. Mm. But I didn't know how to get there. Mm. I didn't know how to find that. I didn't know where to get it. I just was so used to my life full of abuse, full of um, sexual abuse, full of doing what the other person wants me to do, that I didn't know how to fight for what God wanted for me. I didn't mm -hmm. know how to go from that transition to what others made me believe of myself. So it was really hard to to transition that life and, and think, okay, so wait a minute, what, what you're telling me, God, is that 
You think I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You think I'm worthy. You think I'm clothed in dignity and strength. You think all these wonderful things of me. But then why did you have me in this lifestyle for so long if Mm -hmm. I was worth so much more? Hmm. Yeah, so that's actually really good. I want to come back to that in a moment. Maybe you could tell us... um, so your turning point was, you know, you're in prostitution. Your turning point, was it was it this like moment of revelation or was it this just kind of journey where you finally, after accumulating all that you had learned about the Lord, just made a decision? Maybe tell us a little bit more about that turning point of giving your life over to Jesus. So I had met a friend, her name is Tony, and I met her at a job I used to work at. Um, and I met her through the drive through and we became such good friends and she was so lost. I was so lost, but we just really cared about each other. We really respected our friendship and were very loyal to it. And as time went on, she actually became the woman who introduced me to Christ I always knew Christ, but she introduced me to a different Christ that I didn't know. I just knew him as what I was supposed to know him as and what I thought he was to me. So um, one of her best friends had just lost her husband in a car accident. And so they invited me to church. And so I was like, sure, absolutely. I would love to go to church. So I went to church with them. And through that, I just I don't know. God just showed up for me and he Hmm. used this church to really speak to me and talk to me and let me know that I was loved regardless of whatever I had gone through, whatever was done to me, that I had a purpose. He had a plan for me. He had a solution to my problems. And that was a huge change for me. And even though I felt like my time in Arizona was really about living and not really transitioning into healing. It was in that season when I learned how to live for the Lord and really just love people. Mm -hmm. Even though I kind of carried a mask, I felt like I needed to be strong for them. I needed to prove to them what God can do in a person's Mm -hmm. life. If we just surrender, if we just give him full control over our hearts, when I really just learned the love of God through those friendships. Mm, that's really good. Now, as you trans, <clears throat> you make that commitment to follow him and you're serving him. Did all of those, did all of that baggage and all of those thoughts you had about yourself, your lack of worth and value, did all of that just disappear or did for you, for you, did that take just pursuing him, t- you know, every single day and being in his word? How did that journey of healing, how, what did that look like for you? Well, I'll tell you this, there was no aha moment, no, you know, no miraculous transformation. It really was a process. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has always been a process and I feel like it is always going to be a process. So I, I was still having sex outside of marriage. I was still smoking marijuana. There was days where I would go to church high. There was days I would go to life group high. I just 
was still so lost. I was still so connected to my past because I didn't know how to survive without that brokenness attached to me. I didn't know how to let it go and trust that God had a better future for me because that brokenness was all I had. It was all I had to survive. It was all I had to say, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to use this and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to show these people who hurt me that I'm going to get to a better place. And my mindset was just in the wrong direction. And so it's taken me time to really be where mm-hmm. I am. And I feel like it's, like I said, it's always going to be a process, but I am so far from where I used to be. And I give all, all the glory to God for that. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. I think that's encouraging for a lot of people to hear because um, I think some people think as soon as they become a Christian, all of their struggles are just going to disappear, right? And 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 sometimes that does happen, but for the majority of us, it's daily choosing to make the right decisions and to follow him and to rewrite our story and you know, speak God's promises over ourselves. And so I appreciate you sharing that because hopefully there's a listener out there who's, you know, going to be encouraged by that today. So I appreciate yeah. that. Um, you know, I do want to circle back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier. You said that you would ask God, why was this all happening to you? Why did you have to go through this? Um, and I think a lot of, again, a lot of people ask that same question. Why would God allow me to go through this? How have you, um, how have you find found peace with that question now that you have been walking with the Lord? Like what, what would you say to somebody who might be speaking or asking the same question? You know, honestly, it took me a very long time. I really thought God um, hated me. (laughs) You know, I thought he didn't want me to be happy. I thought that he didn't want to see me win in life. He just wanted to see me fail. And I thought that that was just his plan for me to knock me down, knock me down over and over and over again to the point where I just felt like there was no other way out but to end this life that he had supposedly given me. You know, that was where my mindset was at. And it wasn't until I moved out here to Colorado, and this was last year, I had volunteered to help the homeless and, and just pass out gloves, hot chocolate, socks, you know, anything that we can give them to help them, even if it was just a few words of encouragement. And I came across this girl who was struggling with her, um, her, her gender and really just her identity. And she was telling me and crying to me that she was selling herself into prostitution to survive and how hard that was for her. And it was in that moment When even though going through that season of prostitution was the hardest thing I ever had to go through, I was so glad at that moment that I went through it. Because if I didn't, how would I have been able to inspire this woman? How was I going to be able to pray for her, to speak life into her, to tell her? that there is victory on the other side of this. I wouldn't have been able to do that. And it was in that moment when I was like, oh, I get it. 
even though this is not the life that I wanted, even though this is not the life that I saw myself going through, and it may not have been what God wanted me to go through, but he promised me, he promised me that he was going to bring good out of those awful situations. Mm -hmm. That was when I knew that everything that I had gone through served a purpose. I may not have understood it then, but now I have the voice to encourage someone else to say, hey, look, if I got through it, you can get through it. If God brought me through it, then he'll get you through it. I was able to be that vessel for her, that monument for Mm -hmm. God's glory. And that's all that I desire to be now because I understand. I understand that he knew it hurt me. He knew I suffered. He saw that, but he promised me that he would use it for glory. And I'm seeing that now. I'm Mm. truly seeing that now. And it has been a huge blessing for me. And that's so true. And I think that is, you articulated it so well. I think that is a big part of the answer to that question why would I go through this? And I've asked that myself so many times. And it's true, like it is horrible as it'll be one day, God's going to use that struggle to minister to someone and that light bulb's going to go off. And we're going to say, now I know why if I hadn't gone through that, I would not have been able um, to be used by God to minister to this person. And so are your trials, my trials, the listeners trials, They all serve a purpose. They may not be what God desired for us, but he does use everything for good. And I think you articulated that so well, Vernique. To recap, Vernique lost her father when she was one years old and from one to four was bounced between homes in the foster care system. At four, she was adopted, although it wasn't the the picture-perfect family she had hoped for. It was instead a home filled with a a lot of neglect and emotional abuse. And because she didn't find what she was looking for, that acceptance and that love in the home, she sought it in all the wrong places, which led to much physical and sexual abuse over the years. It led to prostitution and just really a dark place for Bernie. But as we say on this podcast, it wasn't the end of her story. Let's find out where she is today. Okay, so I bet the listeners would love to know. I know I want you to share. Maybe you could tell us what your life like is, um, what your life is like today. Well, my life today is, I mean, obviously it's not perfect. I know that my life is never going to be perfect, but I know that God has brought me through so much pain and has used it for redemption. And I'm super excited about the future plans that he has for me. And that's not really something I ever thought I would hear myself saying, that I'm excited for my future, that I'm excited for today, that I'm excited for tomorrow. But I, I really am excited because I feel like since I moved out here to Colorado, I can breathe. God took me away mm. from so much pain in Arizona to really distract, not distract me, but uh, what's that word? Really just pull me away from Arizona to kind of empty yeah. me out, to take, take me away from those distractions. So he can say, now it's my time. Now it's my time to show you what I can do. Yeah. Now it's my time for me to use you as a servant. So I've been open to that. And so I'm married. I just celebrated my fifth year anniversary in May. I have a beautiful little girl who's four years old. She'll be five next year. I'm in a 12-step program through our Red Rocks Church. 
and I'm also a part of their Celebrate Recovery program. And God opened up an opportunity for me there as well, where I'm now giving the announcements at my Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights. And to be able to be up on stage and to actually hold a microphone and really just share what God has done in my life and what God is doing and really just pour into the lives of others and say, hey, if God can get me through it, he will get you through it. And if God can get me to it, you know, he will get them through it. So I feel Mm -hmm. like God has just been doing so much for me out here. It's kind of been really just amazing uh, because I didn't (laughs) expect it. I I didn't feel worthy of it. I didn't feel like I was qualified enough. And I really didn't believe that my life had value. But I feel like since I have been here and I've been a part of Red Rocks Church, that God has been really just showing me, this is what I see. You may have saw this for so long. But this is what I see. This is where I'm taking you. This is what I see in you. And to have that kind of father love me so much in the midst of everything that I've been through, it's just incredible. It's incredible, Brittany. I'm honestly just Mm. so thankful for God and and what he's uh, brought me through and how he's really been uh, showing worth in my life. Yeah, that's incredible. I I love that. And I love that he's using you to help encourage and inspire others going through um, similar situations. And again, that's, you know, a big part of why, you know, why we go through what we do. It's so that we can inspire and encourage others. Um, so this is the question I ask at the end of every episode. And I love this question. Uh, if there is anything that you could share with the listeners um, from what you've learned or experienced, what would that be? You know, honestly, I feel like what has helped me is really just telling myself to not give up and not just telling myself, but really hearing it from God to just not give up. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. And to know that and also to know that there's nothing that God can't use for his glory really just keeps me encouraged to know that even though I had to go through various scenes of different hurts, different struggles, uh, different forms of abuse, I can see now that God really had a plan for all those things. And I strongly believe that, you know, God doesn't intend to harm us or myself. You know, God intends to prosper me and to give me hope and to give me a future. And I'm really Mm -hmm. seeing that now. So I really just want to encourage anyone who's struggling to just keep going, to really just have faith, even if you don't know what that looks like, to just wake up and say, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best to just keep holding on. And if you are in a rough season, if you're struggling through something, if you're really maybe just feeling like you don't belong on this earth and that you feel like you're not worthy or valuable to be here, I I rebuke those thoughts. And I just want to say that you are loved that you are worthy, that you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows and that he loves you and that you are his, um, his clay and he is your potter and he's going to form you into his beautiful creation. And there's no ashes in this world that he can't transform into beauty. So I just say, keep going, keep trusting, keep believing, even if you don't know what the future looks like, he knows what the future looks like and he has Mm -hmm. big plans for you. Mm, that's so good, Renique. Thank you. And I think I even needed to hear that today. So I'm sure there's someone else out there <laughs> who wants to, who needs to be reminded to not give up. And I appreciate you sharing that today. Of course. And I'm glad you, you so didn't much give up. Again for having me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Renique, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you very much. You know, something Renique said at the end actually reminded me of a verse that I read this morning that so ministered to me. And I want to share that with you because I think that it can really encourage someone out there listening. And I think it ties a little bit with Renique's story. It's Hebrews 6 verses 18 through 19. And I'm reading through the New Living Translation right here. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Man, it's hard out there. And chances are you've been through some rough things. I think most of us have. And when we hear these stories, we're reminded that we're not alone. We're reminded that God is always there with his arms wide open, ready to embrace us, to welcome us back into his fatherly arms. And uh, this verse is such a great reminder that those who flee to him for refuge can have confidence um, and hope that God is with you and God will take care of you and God will be with you in the storm, that he is an anchor, a trustworthy anchor for your soul. So if you're struggling today to feel like you need to keep your head above water, wondering when's it going to let up, when is it going to get easier, know that God, that Jesus is right there. Trust him as your anchor to hold until the storm passes. You know, we aren't guaranteed an easy, breezy life, but we are promised a steady savior in the midst of our chaos and uncertainty. Are you anchored to him today? Are you tethered to his unwavering love and care for you? He won't leave you alone in the storm. So I hope that that's an encouragement to you today. I hope Renique's story is an encouragement to you and inspires you that it doesn't matter what you've been through. Uh, God wants to redeem and can redeem anybody. So today you got to peek into her story. And she's someone that went through a difficult situation but found grace on the other side. It's a story you might relate to and find grace in for yourself. Or perhaps you don't know what that situation is like. But you can relate to some of the feelings Renique experienced. Those feelings of not being accepted or loved or valued. Be encouraged to know that your story doesn't end with a difficult situation. It's a scene in your story, but it's not the end of the story. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is something that is ministering to you or you think others might find interesting, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people who might need to hear the story of redemption. Tune in again next month for another powerful story of God's grace. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.brittanyrust.com. I'll see you next time.